G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. As you may be aware, in the nation of Nepal, earlier this year, a new law was enacted to curb evangelism by criminalizing religious conversion. Well, there are similar anti-conversion laws in neighboring countries like India and Pakistan, where the region's small but growing Christian minority faces government threats to their faith. In the nation of Nepal, reports are that the law severely restricts freedom of expression and freedom of religion or belief. And while there is a crackdown on Christianity, there are further constitutional protections for Hinduism by restricting religious conversion and the hurting of religious sentiment or blasphemy. No one should convert a person from one religion to another religion. And if found guilty, there'll be punishment of five years imprisonment and penalty of 50,000 rupees. That's equivalent to around about 640 Australian dollars. And if foreigners are found guilty, they have to be deported within seven days after completing time in prison. So our Aussie guest, who's just back from 12 weeks working alongside Christian Ministries in Nepal, is asked to remain anonymous to allow his freedom back into the country at a later time. We'll call him Uncle. Hello, Uncle. Welcome along to 2020. G'day, Neil. How are you? It's good to be here. (sighs) Uncle, good to hear from you. And just off the plane, You've been in Nepal, as you've heard me reflecting on some of those issues with blasphemy or anti-conversion laws. Uh, what's it like on the ground there as you've been working alongside uh, some Christian ministries? It really hasn't impacted at this point in time. The law was recently signed while I was over there and nothing seems to have changed from the point of view of Nobody's going after anybody to enforce the law. Um, It's one of these things where the law's been put in place, and I would think it will develop in time as people get used to it. Uh, Christians who had been in jail while I was there had been released, so um, that was after the law was enacted, so... It's a little bit hazy yet as to how it's going to play out, but from a Christian perspective, the more persecution a church is under, it forces the church underground into smaller groups and the churches multiply, a la China, uh, Iran, Iraq, Lebanon, where persecution is high, Christianity is flourishing. So you were working alongside one of the local pastors and someone that we have spoken to from time to time, Pastor Rinzi Lama. He's not feeling the pressure yet and continuing his work of evangelism and baptizing new converts. That's all continuing. Yes, it is. Um, In fact, uh, we went down to the lowlands, which is the lower terror, or 
and uh, I participated in baptisms and uh, and that sort of thing uh, with Rinzi um, in Darting Best and uh, a little village four hours drive along a stone gibber riverbed to get to a village where we baptised 12 people. Another spot north of Kathmandu, we baptised about eight people. So there are... The church is growing and Rinzi's church is growing as uh, they are now one of the largest segments within the Anglican diocese in the... In, uh, out of Singapore. Uncle, tell us about how people are faring in Nepal because there were very, very severe effects from the earthquake last year. Uh, is there a recovery that you can notice uh, or people, are they still feeling the losses after the earthquake? Well, the earthquake is now secondary. It was floods this year that were the problem. And the floods um, were a lot larger than normal, and India closed the floodgates on the bo- along the border, which meant that a lot of the lowlands in Nepal was flooded, um, which meant that crops were um, inundated with water and submerged so that it had an impact on food production within Nepal. It's a battle for ordinary people and there's a widespread poverty in Nepal. While you were there, uh, you even witnessed a fire that went through a slum area. How do you describe that? Well, the slum is built on a riverbank on top of what was once a, um, a rubbish tip and the people... Poor people coming into Kathmandu squat on the land and develop a community there and occasionally the government will bulldoze these um, slums but this slum has been left alone and uh, one Friday night a fire took hold and about 42 families were um, had their tin shack burnt out. They lost everything. And a church was also destroyed. Gas cylinders were popping and exploding and all that sort of thing. So about 42 families in total, which was a couple, which was 150 odd people or more, were impacted by this um, by this fire. So who helps in the situation there? Is it a government authority, an NGO, or do churches have any ability to be able to help people if they suffer some sort of disaster like a fire going through their homes? Well, um, Nepali as a whole only earn about 200 Australian dollars a month if they're lucky. That's about 16,000 rupees. 8,000 of those rupees go in just a single room to rent. So Nepalis don't necessarily have a lot of money, but the churches around Kathmandu did take up an offering for the slum people. However, foreigners contributed by providing blankets and mattresses 
on one day, then a couple of days later, other money became available from overseas, which enabled the replacement of the the stoves and some gas cylinders that had been destroyed. At the end of the day, the fire actually blessed the people because they ended up with more than they had before that, before the fire. Mm-hmm through the generosity of people. From what I understand economically in Nepal, while there is widespread poverty, there's big investment that's coming from China. Is that having any effect on the outlook of the people? There's a $200 billion plan to build a new international airport down on the Terai, about 70k south of Kathmandu. It'll be about an hour's Trip, road trip from Kathmandu to the new airport. The new road will have about 11 tunnels and 90, 60 to 90 bridges in its construction and China is involved in that. It will help, but you've also got China and India fighting and India is stirring the pot as well with regards to this competition of giving aid to, to Nepal and the government plays on that, but the Chinese at the moment are improving the ring road around Kathmandu and uh, we were able to watch that being built from where we were staying as the uh, as the workers um, uh, laid the base for the road and foundation of the road and then started to put the hot top down. You, you indicated that churches are growing around Nepal Yes. And uh, you're working there alongside Pastor Rinzi Lama, who we've been talking to from time to time over the previous few years. There are some needs that he is uh, looking to fill. Uh, one of those might be the upgrade of some transport. Uh, he has some older and uh, hard-to-maintain transport. What sort of things is he looking for people, perhaps even uh, might be listening to our conversation now, to be supportive in? A new motorbike is worth about four to five thousand Australian dollars. Now, if you're getting two hundred dollars a month, it takes a long time to buy. So most people are riding very old motorbikes, and they're not always in good condition. They don't have speedos that work, so they often cook the motors. And to enable Rinzi to go on a reliable trip means that we should be, as a generous nation, providing some of these means, not just for Rinzi, but for other pastors as well. Rinzi is driving a Mitsubishi four-wheel drive where the cross-drive and the four-wheel drive is broken, the chain's gone. We nursed the car to darting best uh, because one of the heater pipes to the cabin had failed, and so we're losing liquid. While we are travelling very slow, it wasn't an issue, but when we picked up speed to 30 k's an hour, the motor started to overheat. Fortunately, we are able to nurse the car back to Darting and then back home again, but the car is costing more and more money to fix. The, the clutch is gone, the changing of gears is more difficult and all those sorts of things. Parts are not available. I imagine, Uncle, that this would be a pretty common issue for a lot of church ministers who are working in Nepal. They wouldn't be on 
big dollars in some sense to be able to afford some of those necessities for being able to get around. So that is a need for generosity for people who might be listening to a conversation that we're having now. I can point people to being in touch with me. Leave a message with me if you're able to help out with what's happening with the work there under Pastor Rinzi Lama in Nepal and I'll be able to put people in touch with the right people to get that donation into their hands. Uh, Uncle, thank you so much for taking some time to share your thoughts and your heart with us and uh, for an update on what's happening with the ministries there under Pastor Rinzi Lama in Nepal. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.